listening to great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And I'm Paul Moore here with Herman Even And Herman, last time we were together, you gave me a one-word definition for man's design. Yeah, can you remember what that was? I bet you can. I know you're a smart guy. I bet you can remember what that was. What was that one word? Can I have a lifeline? <laughs> well, let's, okay, I'll give you two lifelines. Genesis 2, 5. It says something about tilling the ground. Does that help a little bit? Okay, you said two. Okay, and then the uh, other verse was Genesis 2.15. It talked about tend and keep the garden. So there's your two clues, till the ground and tend and keep the garden. And here's your third clue. It starts with W. Alex, can I have work for 500, please? You got it. That's exactly right. Work. Man is designed to work. Man is designed to be powerful. Man is designed straight from God's word that we see he is designed to work. So a woman is designed uh, differently. Yes. Yes. So is that a two-word definition or a one-word definition? It's going to be one word again. One word again. But you're going to have to wait for that right after I pray. How about that? Lord, thank you so much for your wonderful word. Thank you that you do make it simple for uh, even my mind to understand. I pray that we communicate this clearly in your precious name. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. Maybe you should have prayed a little bit longer because it's not so simple for mine. (laughs) (laughs) So a one-word definition for woman's design. Well, let's get into the Bible and look at the verses here so that we can see where we're pulling this one word from. Genesis 2.18. We've already looked at that last time, but it specifically says in Genesis 2.18, And the Lord God said... It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, here's what's so interesting to me is too often when you're listening to wedding ceremonies and things, we typically hear pastors say that the man was alone and he started uh, thinking about how alone he was and he was paying attention to all these animals and noticed they had partners, but he didn't have a partner, so he felt alone. Well, that's just baloney. (laughs) That's that's just baloney. Because who was it? Again, let's remind ourselves, who was it again that actually said that Adam was alone? My mother. (laughs) No. She's the one always telling me, you need to get married, right? Yeah, right. No, God is the one that said he was alone. Adam didn't walk up and go, God, I'm so alone. I'm sad because I'm alone. No, God was the one that said... It's not good that he's alone. It's not good. I'm going to make a helper comparable to him. It ministers to me whenever I think about it that way, because that's unfortunately the way that I am. I can be alone and I'm totally okay. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of us are. Yeah. And the way a man is wired is truly in that in that realm. He's wired to work. He's wired to do things. And to a large degree, he's wired to be alone to a certain degree. But God's saying, that's not good. That's not good. He doesn't want me sitting off here in in my office or in my home alone. He wants me to be relating to people. He wants me to have this association. And therefore, he therefore created woman. He created Louis to be a benefit to me. 
which is definitely a, a praise that God has done for me. So could, could I say that? Could I go home to Francis and say, God created you to be a benefit to me? <laughs> well, if you say That it, dog if, don't hunt. If you say it with the right, right attitude and the right word, you know, taking God's word, that's exactly right. I so, suddenly see myself conformed to the image of a frying pan. <laughs> well, God did say what he wanted for man, and it was a helper comparable to him. Now, what is it that creates this problem when we read this verse? Because it's very clear what God is saying is the reason that he created woman. You could go to the New King James, and it says, I'll make a helper comparable to him. You can go to the NIV. It says, I'll make a helper suitable for him. You can go to the King James. I'll make a helpmeet for him. You can go to Young's Literal, and it says, as is a helper, as is his counterpart. Okay, I'm going to upset a lot of people when I say this. Most men translate that as, I'm creating someone less than you are. That's exactly right. To serve you. Love that phrase that you just got through saying there, because that is too often the way we think of helper. If we use the word helper, we probably will often, in our minds, substitute the word slave or something that is less than, right? Otherwise, you know, I need a helper to let me get this done. So it's it's the concept of assistant rather than the concept of a true helper. So let me guess. The one word definition for a woman's design is not slave, it's helper. <laughs> helper is the proper word. Helper is the proper word. We don't tend to use that word as much because it, it, there's, a, there's a broader term that I like to utilize rather than helper, but helper is a good one-word definition of what the, the counterpart for man is, work and helper. But I'm going to use another word a little bit later as we talk about it. Let's go and look at this word helper because it's critical that women understand that this word helper is not a bad word. Now, the way that you can look at this is you can go and look in Psalms, and you're going to find the word helper a lot. Now, what you need to further see is that David is using this word helper in association with one particular person. And who do you think that one particular person is? David says, this is a helper. Who is that person, do you think? God himself. That is the word that David is using the word helper for, for God himself. The word helper is a, therefore a very elevated term. It's a highly elevated term because it's a word that God uses of himself. And just like before the program, we were talking about this, Paul, where else does God use the word helper? Jesus did with the disciples in the upper room. He said, wait until I send the helper. That's exactly right. So here we have this word helper, and so many women and so many men make this word somehow a word that is less than, an assistant to, or something like this. And this word is an elevated term used of God himself. Then, Then help me with this, because when David's talking, he's talking about God making himself so much more than he is. 
mm-hmm. completing him, that kind of a help, completing him, making him more. Jesus is saying, wait, I will send the helper who's going to do so much more and make them so much more than they are on their own. How do we go from there to suddenly helper means slave? I don't know. I don't. It, it's it's the way that we use this in the English dictionary, I think, or the in our vocabulary, not the dictionary, the way that we talk about it. It's 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 just wrong. It's just wrong the way that we're we use that because God specifically uses it very differently. Here's some here's some the way that we use help in the dictionary to make it easier for a person to do something. Now, a woman would therefore make it easier for me to be able to do something. Louis would make it easier for me to to do something, to aid, assist, to give relief, to share the labor of, to give assistance or support, to help a child with homework. All of those things are elevated terms in reality, even the way we define it in our dictionary. It's an, it's an elevated thing. I think a helper in terms of getting something done. Mm-hmm. So what is it God's really asking me to do? The primary thing is to be conformed to the image of his son, to right. be conformed to his image. So you're telling me that this union with woman best helps me complete that task? Absolutely. I would not be able to do my work without this helper, this person that Louis is. I would not be able to be doing the types of things that God wants me to be doing if I didn't have her in my life. That's the way that God is specifically saying this. God wants this union to be used in such a way that it is complementary. Helper is not something that is less than. Helper is something that is elevated. Elevated a synergy, two things coming together and making something even greater. You can find us at GR8. That's Great Relationships, GR Numeral 8 Relationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great definitions for great relationships. We have all asked, what is love? Love is pursuing the best for others patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great definitions for great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down, www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Now! You're listening to Great Relationships. That's GR numeral eight relationships.com, the website. Find us and like us on Facebook, or you know what? You can give us a call at 800 819 4293. 800 819 4293. Herman, before the break, 
I had asked you what the problem was with men understanding the definition of a woman, and you said, well, I think it's the English language. I got a question for you. All over the world, women are treated unfairly. The very thing that you're bringing up as women being mistreated throughout the world, and it's not going to change, unfortunately, that's the reason why it's so important for we Christian men to be protecting women. The judgment on women is creating this problem that you're talking about. So it's not the design. There's nothing wrong with the the design. design. It's the judgment. We'll talk about the judgment later. That's right. So back to the design, this idea of helpmate. Well, we end up taking this word help and start thinking about it from the viewpoint of, like we said, slave, assistant, lesser than, putting it into a value argument rather than a design situation. God designed women and men to be different. Now think about it this way. What's the order for life? What is the order that God specifically stated is how life is to work? He specifically stated 1 Corinthians eleven three. it's God, Christ, man, woman. Now, people look at that and may end up taking this idea of man and woman saying, well, they're proof right there. You know, the man's over the woman. He's more important. And I'm going to say, wait a second. So if you're going to use that argument, does that mean that God, the Father, is more important than Christ and the Holy Spirit? Or are they equal? Oh, they're equal. Oh, Therefore, it must be that they're equal in value, but different in design and role. Just like you said, which is a great statement that we teach. Equal in value, different in design and role. The helper is a very elevated term. This is the role that God has assigned to a woman through her design, and he's assigned the role of work to a man through his design, and if they do their designs correctly, they complement each other because she is a helper suitable for him, and he is therefore using his power to protect, provide, and preserve her. Well, that sounds nice, but what you're really telling me is God made a mistake. He made a mistake with me, so then he had to create women, right? That's that that common joke. That's exactly right. (laughs) That is absolutely trash. It's not true because God said... There's a different role, just like let's take this right back to God, the Father and Christ, the Son and the Holy Spirit. What are the different roles? The role of the Son is to come and die to be our Savior. God, the Father, his role is to be the overarching person in the Godhead. That is all part of the image of God. If you want to think about it, take all this back, the image of God for man is the idea of power for the image of God. He's the work part, the power part, and the woman is to be the helper, the, here's your one word, relational. That represents the relationship part of the image of God. So when you have the image of God, powerful and relational or separate and belonging, and you have man representing the powerful and woman representing the relational, When you combine the man and the woman together, they represent the image of God in the most complete way. So work as the design of man represents the power part of the image of God, and helper or relational as the design of woman represents the relational part of God. And so you put the two together again, it represents a true image of God. Okay, well, my mind's going to race to a corner and say, okay, it makes sense if man's design is to work Mm -hmm. and it represents that separate and powerful 
part of God. Right. And woman's design, thank you for the one word definition, Yeah, is to relate. Mm-hmm. She's nurturing and relating. So right. you take these two things, you put them together, you get a more complete reflection of the image of God. But what if I'm single? Does, does that mean I'm broken? I'm somehow short of the mark? No, it just means that each one of us individually also have the image of God, but we won't be able to provide it the way I see this, that is. We won't be able to provide that image as completely as in a marriage. Each one of us have the image of God in us. That's what the scriptures specifically say to us. But it is more completely represented through marriage because of man in his design and woman in her design. Now, in the material at the website, greatrelationships.com, you've got a little thing where you have a relational slide switch. Right. If you look at that, it's not only in chapter one, but it's also in this particular area where you see this relational slide switch. Each one of us individually will end up having our attitude more toward power or toward relating. This is a huge leadership term that we use in our great leaders material. Each situation requires results and relating or power and relating. And we need to understand how much of that proportion to use at any one point in time. But let's take it all the way back to some really important words. We've been talking about helper for a woman, but there's another very important term here. It's called suitable. So God didn't say, I'm just going to provide you a helper. I'm going to provide you a suitable helper, a helper that meets your specific needs, your specific requirements. Suitable to my design. Suitable to your design. That's exactly right. Appropriate, a proper fit would be the way that we could look at that. This is the way God does everything perfectly. He made man for the garden and he made woman for man. That is the reason why we see at 1 Corinthians eleven three the roles and the designs are certainly there, but they're different. You know, that's how we want to be thinking about this. So here's what happens, though. As we look at this, we look at the word helper, we look at the word suitable, and we get a variety of different opinions on this. And unfortunately, the evangelical feminist view of suitable pulls it into a totally different direction. They basically say that suitable means in front of, in sight of, meaning superiority, maybe, or if not just equality. That's what they're trying to say. Suitable, it's not that woman is to be the helper under man. She's actually to be the helper that is probably better than man. That's how they are ending up defining that terminology. And it, it's unfortunate that you end up trying to stretch God's word in that manner. It's, it's kind of sad. Well, am I wrong to assume then, if I understand God's definition for woman's design, There's no need for feminism? There would be no need for feminism, but unfortunately the judgments (laughs) enter into this in a different way that create the problem. If we operated according to our designs, men operating according to their design, women operating according to their design, as as God placed it out, there'd be no need for feminism at all because man would be what? Protecting women. He'd be providing for her. He'd be preserving her. The woman would be therefore safe in this relationship with him and there'd be no need to try to assert her independence. Okay, so let me carry this further. If man was doing what God was asking him to do, protect, provide, preserve, 
A woman would have her primary need of security or safety met, which means she would be free to do what? She'd be free to do the very thing she's designed to do, help, nurture, and support. That's, that's But when you don't give her that security, you force her. Well, no, I'm not going to not going to go there. Here's okay. the here's the problem. It's the judgments. Let's bring the judgments out again. And we're not there yet. We're not there yet. That's exactly right. So what we have is all we're going to talk about is design right now. And we're going to show that, unfortunately, design is often trying to be misrepresented or represented in the wrong way. Because simply we're not in God's word good enough to know it. No, because they're looking at these terms through what they see in life, and they're seeing that a woman is not being treated equal, and they're trying to reinterpret the design through the judgment. Here's what I'm trying to say. The design of woman being a helper suitable for man is definitely a very good thing. But what happens is man and woman have distorted their roles in such a way that a woman is therefore treated improperly because of the judgment, and therefore they want to reinterpret the design. Wow. Okay. I definitely need to understand more about the design, and then I'll just trust you. We'll work on the design, and we'll go to the judgments when it's time, and then I get to ask you questions about development. Oh, I just complicated it. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12.10 Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral 8 relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships, grnumeratrelationships.com is the website. At the website, you can find the material for Chapter 2, where a lot of this is coming out of God's design for excellent relationships. And all the other things that are out there on, on, the, on the web also, all the other material. Well, I'm not sure if this is there, but I've heard you talk about it, how Dr. Marlon Howe says you can't define masculinity or femininity without bringing in the design of the other. I love that. Marla is so right on with that, and the world ends up trying to define masculinity and femininity without bringing in 
the opposite sex. They want to talk about men being real men as if it's all about testosterone and power. But actually, a real man is a man that is providing, protecting, and preserving a woman. And a real woman is not this sexy cheerleader type of profile that we end up thinking is femininity. There's sexual attraction, but the issue for a woman is to be this helper, nurturer, and supporter of a man. You can't define a man, a real man, and a real woman without bringing in the opposite sex. I get work and help me. That's like somebody um, fixing the car at night and the wife comes out and she hands me a wrench, right? Mm-hmm. But you say, no, a woman's designed to relate. So that brings up something different where I'm out there working on the car and she comes out and says, when you're ready, there's a sandwich in on the table. And by the way, I've done this with the kids and I finished doing this with the house which I think is probably more accurate because it tends to reflect Proverbs 31. No? Yeah, it, 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 I, I love the way you said that. In fact, it just reminded me of another great term that uh, Dr. Howe used. And he defined a man as being the loving leader, but a woman to be the leading lover. And that brings in that whole context again of the relator to be this relational component in, in the marriage, the man and the woman. The woman is to be the helper, nurturer, and supporter to be that, that relational component. And a man is to be this worker providing, protecting, and preserving. So, yeah, I, I, like, I like that quite a bit. So, if you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, and again, this is in uh, the real woman part of chapter 3. If you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, too often we look at that and assume that she is kind of the sole provider or she's the provider for the home uh, as opposed to the man. But that isn't the case. She was doing lots of work, but she was doing the work primarily for the home, not for working outside of the home. Yes, she bought and sold a field and those type of things, but it was for the benefit of the home, not for her own career or her own desire. Now, let me take us back to something that when we were talking about the word helper, how it gets misconstrued and how suitable gets talked about as improperly. Too often, we end up looking at those words and some of the evangelical feminist movement has tried to suggest that the word suitable has some sort of a superiority or even some people move it in the opposite direction, which is meaning the woman is somehow inferior. Well, there's no inferiority or superiority defined by the words helper or suitable. And I love what Dr. Eugene Merrill says here. Let me give you a quote from him. He says that a woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to ground. Nor does the term helper connote subordination. I love that. That is a great way for us to be looking at these terms here because it still fulfills that statement. Equal in value, different in design and role. There's no inferiority. There's no superiority here. It's a role issue. That's what we're talking about here. It's a role for each one of us. Not value. Not value. Role. And when we, and if you want to bring the other term in there, beyond value, it tends to be a worth argument. Man, if I am just seen as a helper, I must not be as worthy or as worth as much, the value concept. 
That is not what God is saying here. It's a role issue. Just like God Christ, man, woman, God Christ, Holy Spirit in the, in the, the Trinity, there are specific roles. They're all equal, but there are specific roles that they are to be doing. And the same is true of man and woman. Now, that holds true then also when you were saying in 1 Corinthians 11.3? Right. There I've got a clear subordinate path, but you're saying the roles... That's all roles. That has nothing to do with value or worth. That is the clear understanding that you can take from that specific passage and understand that because the the... Trinity, the, the triune God, is equal in value, but different in role. Wow, thank you, Herman. Again, I would invite you to re- review this material. Share this program with your friend if you want. You can find us and like us on Facebook, but I really want to talk about the website for a minute. GreatRelationships.com. That's gr numeral 8 relationshipscom Not only can you click on the radio tab and re-listen to this or any of the other programs, you can find the subordinate videos where it digs deeper and a study guide to go with it. Highly recommend it. In fact, we thank you for your faithful support. You can sign up for our free newsletter and please keep us in your prayers. Until next time, great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love because it takes right thinking for right relationships and you can have them right now. Hey, Bill, I hired an artist to paint a portrait of me in the image of God like the Bible talks about in Genesis. That's not the point of the passage. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. So God created a man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Does that mean I'm part female? I think it's saying that God has some attributes that are more easily seen in males and some attributes that are more easily seen in females. That means that together, the marriage of a man and a woman gives us the best image of God. I didn't like the painting anyway. She didn't get my good side. Herman invites you to join us next week when he discusses the image of God. And since he won't be doing any painting, you'll be able to skip the sitting fee. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking. Right Relationships, right now.